Hello and welcome to I Thought I'd Be Rich By Now, the pod for millennial women to obsess. It's almost Christmas. It's much closer to Christmas than I had planned on releasing this, so I'm skipping all of the Christmas movies that I had planned on talking about due to lateness. I've been ridiculously busy with work, Christmas gatherings, and baking. I made some bread last week or two weeks ago, I think, in the hopes that if it had turned out well, I could give some loaves as gifts. It ended up being so gross. I added the correct amount of salt, but as per usual, I didn't read the additional note section until all my ingredients were mixed up already, and the note basically said to half the salt if you're not using sea salt. Uh, that made me so mad when I read it because the when the bread came out, it was so salty. Like, it was so disgusting. I just chucked the whole thing in the garbage. Plus, it didn't bake enough, so it was really dense. It was like banana bread dense when it's supposed to be the type of bread that you would get, you know, at like a bakery. So it has holes in it, making it a lot more light and airy. I was so annoyed after going through the effort. So I just stuck to baking cookies this year, which is what I usually do. I love baking cookies and giving them as gifts. I've been doing that now for around five years. I I like receiving homemade gifts, so that's why I like to give them. But also, I have so many cousins, so it's hard to buy meaningful gifts for so many people. Plus, we're all older now. We used to buy a lot of the girls because I have a lot of girl cousins. We used to get you know, the big box of makeup, what you would see from a big box store. And, you know, the, those things that like those sets that have four eyeshadows and five lipsticks and mascara and lip gloss and etc. So then everyone could just fight over what they wanted. Now, as we get older, I can't really do that, but everyone can get their, or their families can get, you know, their own little box, uh, own little container of cookies. I personally am way more into salty treats, so luckily cookies are not something that I will binge eat at home on my own, although I have had a few sad incidents with Oreo cookies, but we won't go there today. I could never make gourmet, like homemade gourmet chips and give give those as gifts. No joke, I would eat every single bag I know myself. They could not last in my house. In saying that, I'm also addicted to popcorn, but I have given gourmet like chocolatey popcorn as gifts. So I think because they were sweet, that's why I wouldn't go after them because I would just prefer salty popcorn anyways. If you're not into baking, but you've thought about it or you would like to do something like give the cookies as gifts, go for it. You can find super simple cookie recipes online. I've used recipes from all different websites, but Sally's Baking Addiction has a lot of good options. So you can get very beginner, very easy cookie recipes, and then you can, you know, go up from there and go to very advanced cookies if, you know, if you want. Bake some cookies, stick them in little Christmas baggies or containers from the dollar store. They just make really cute gifts. And you can do so on a budget, And the main sacrifice on your part is your time. And as Amy Santiago from Brooklyn Nine-Nine put it, my time is worth nothing. Carrie, Miranda, and Charlotte are back. No Samantha. For the Sex and the City continuation, a 10-episode season of And Just Like That. 
Beware, there are life-changing spoilers ahead. I really want you to experience this show for yourself if you have not watched, so skip this entire block if you haven't watched it yet. You can watch the first two episodes of And Just Like That on HBO Max, and this is available on in Canada on Crave. So back to spoilers. The first two episodes premiered for And Just Like That. The third episode has now come out, but I have not watched it as of yet. So in this season, we get to see three out of the four best friends come together again. Kim Cattrall, who embodied the iconic Samantha Jones, is so unfortunately not in the show. It was so weird to watch Sex in the City without Samantha. Kim Cattrall and Sarah Jessica Parker's rift has played out publicly over the last few years, and it's really sad for fans, obviously, because when you watch two people play best friends on TV, it's hard to imagine that there could be so much animosity in real life since they had such great chemistry on screen, which is a testament to both actors' talent and professionalism on set. At the end of the day, they were co-workers and are real people dealing with real relationship stuff, it just sucks to think that we may never see Samantha Jones again. In the first two episodes, we see Carrie, now as a podcaster, what a loser who would start a podcast, being accused of being a prude on her podcast because she felt a bit uncomfortable getting as raunchy. Can you imagine Carrie Bradshaw being accused of being a prude? <laughs> and we see Miranda as a new student making a fool of herself, trying to make her teacher not hate her. And we see Charlotte as a mom navigating the teen years of her daughters, Lily and Rose. Are you ready for the massive spoiler? This is your final warning. Okay. Big dies. He dies. He dies. Big. You know, the guy that Carrie spent years going back and forth with? The man that we were also invested, so invested in his and Carrie's relationship. We saw their relationship destroyed for the final time in the second or in the Sex in the City movie in the first one. But it was their connection and love that won out in the end and they got married in that perfect movie that we all loved. Yep, we get to see him and Carrie together in this new season being so sweet and romantic in the first episode and we as the audience get to bask in the glow of a relationship that we spent what felt like a decade plus two movies watching we get to enjoy seeing the fruits of our labor we've earned this yeah that guy dies he was on a peloton and he has a heart attack that's it he and Carrie are supposed to go out of the city that night, like to a cottage or something like that. And Charlotte insists that Carrie attend Lily's concert as she's a pianist. So Carrie goes. She gets home to find Big sitting on the floor by the shower, dying. It is dramatic and heartbreaking. And Sarah Jessica Parker acted her heart out. And I was devastated when I saw that. If I take a step back, it makes so much sense that this would happen. They are bringing these women back on screen after so many years, and I don't think they're going to do that without having a new and shocking story to tell. It had to be Carrie, right? 
We need Miranda and Steve together and Charlotte and Harry. If their husbands died, it would be so sad. However, they needed to rip our hearts out and that's exactly what they did. I'm going to watch the series, of course. I just am curious to see what they do. We don't want to see Carrie date right now, obviously. Big was her person. And if you want to say that her real soulmates are her friends, then where's her best friend, Samantha? They wrote off Samantha not being in the show by saying she got pissed when Carrie dropped her as a book publicist. And then she moved to London and has not been in touch. Regardless of what you feel about that excuse they made for her in the show, I do think they did a good job of showing Carrie's hurt by Samantha leaving. I think it was more respectful of Kim Cattrall's true feelings by not making the reason for her absence this fake nice thing such as she's traveling. We know it has to be a massive deal, a massive rift in their relationship for Samantha not to fly back for Big's funeral. But she did send a beautiful flower arrangement to the funeral, which is the only one that Carrie allowed. I have so many mixed feelings. It made me so happy to see these three women on screen again. I didn't watch Sex in the City when it was on HBO, like when it originally aired. But I watched the reruns on TV and then bought most of the seasons on DVD back in the day. And now I just rewatch them all the time online. Carrie, Samantha, Miranda, and Charlotte were pioneers. They were women in their 30s who were dating, talking about sex in an open, honest way that was funny and vulgar and open and non-judgmental. They were career women who were fighting for better jobs, better pay, better dates, better men, better relationships. Sex in the City was everything. It influenced pop culture. It influenced fashion. Sarah Jessica Parker and Patricia Field who was the costume designer on set, truly were a powerhouse. Patricia Field styled some of the most iconic looks on TV. So seeing these friends back again, it feels so good because we spent so much of our lives with them. But I have to wait until the full 10 episodes are up to see if I feel like what they've sacrificed for this new season is worth it. Was it worth it losing a character so integral, so meaningful, and so many lessons Carrie learned? So many heartbreaks, so much drama. Was it worth losing him? Was it worth blowing up Carrie and Samantha's friendship, having that hole left behind due to Kim Cattrall's absence? Was it worth it bringing back the show without her? I don't know, truly. We'll see at the end of the season. I will give it an honest go because I want to love it. I want this to be successful and for the fans to be happy because these women were such a major part of a lot of women's lives. We're going to be talking about Selling Sunset Baby. Warning, there will be spoilers all over this. So if you do not want to know about Selling Sunset at all or any of the people in it, just skip ahead. But you've been warned. As I am sure you will gather, I watch altogether too much TV. I have a lot of shows on the go at all times. This is to say that I'm putting weight and years of experience behind this show. I love Selling Sunset. I do not watch too many reality shows. I don't have any on the go right now at this point in my life, but I love Selling Sunset. 
The fourth season just dropped and I pretty much binged it in like two or three days. I was actually so pissed when I realized I was watching the last episode. I didn't realize when I started it. Ten episodes is not enough, but I'm happy that they've already wrapped season five. So I hope we don't have to wait another year and a half to get that. So before getting into the actual series, we are going to do some background historical work right now to explain how we got here because I did not skip school repeatedly just to watch daytime TV and then start my own podcast not to use this valuable knowledge I have accumulated. I watched a lot of soap operas growing up. You're lucky because I'm not even scratching the surface right now. All My Children was one of the soap operas that I watched and Chriselle Staus is an actress who played Amanda Dillon on All My Children for many years. I think she was on the show in the years when I was starting to slowly wean myself off of soaps. Therefore, I knew her, but I didn't know her character as much as I would have known others from more hardcore soap watching years. I hadn't watched AMC for years at this point, circa 2016-2017, but I recognized her right away when I saw that she had gotten married to one of the stars from the hit show This Is Us, Justin Hartley, when I saw pictures of People Magazine, uh, pictures of them in People Magazine or, or someplace like that. So I recognized Justin Hartley from Passions, which was a huge soap opera when I was in high school. Because it was weird and had a supernatural element to it, there were a lot of like teens and younger people who watched it. You had Tabitha the Witch and her come-to-life sidekick Timmy, amongst other interesting characters. I actually didn't watch a lot of Passions, but I definitely did watch it and I knew what the storyline was mostly. If you know anything about soap operas, you can drop in randomly and get caught up on the stories pretty quickly. Something random that I always remembered about Passions was that the character Teresa was always crying or like looked like she was in distress. I don't know why she just always looked and sounded like she had been or was about to cry. Anyways, I had seen pictures of Justin Hartley and Chriselle Staus's wedding. Maybe I had seen pictures of them before on a red carpet, but I just remember thinking, oh, that's really cute. You know, he's blown up as an actor now from starting on the soaps and he's married to someone he would have known back from those days because... That's the acting world that she came from as well. If you're on a soap, you're amongst the most successful actors in the world because most are struggling and working in plays or independent projects that pay no money or doing small one-episode slots. So to have a full-time gig on a soap back when there were still daytime soaps, RIP, was a huge deal. However, to most young, ambitious actors, being on a soap is a stepping stone or for most they hope it's a stepping stone the dream is to graduate from soap opera to prime time like Justin Hartley did with this is us and I mean like that he was truly and is truly living the dream for most soap actors because usually don't step right from there straight to like a massively huge show and this is us is a huge show I'm completely speculating But it also must have been amazing for his wife at the time, Chriselle, to have been with him for years and to see him go from what his career was to ascend 
And I'm sure she would have wanted that for herself as they were from the same industry. So then enter Selling Sunset. Selling Sunset is a Netflix show that premiered in 2019. And when I first saw the trailer back then, it showed Chriselle Staus, who was going by her married name at the time, Chriselle Hartley, as the main focus of the show, which was super interesting to me because her whole storyline of this reality show is that Chriselle had worked as a real estate agent in the same years that she was acting or between acting jobs, unbeknownst to me and I'm sure most fans who watched her. It was like her side gig and in Selling Sunset, she gets hired onto this very successful real estate agency, The Oppenheim Group. So the show covers her and the other real estate agents as they try to sell gorgeous, huge, over-the-top, million-dollar West Hollywood homes to the rich and famous, but also covers a story as old as time. Office workers who hate each other. I'm just joking. There are definitely heroes and villains, but most of these women actually get along and have strong friendships, which really is great to see. But there is a lot of good drama to keep you entertained because, of course, it's a reality show. And at the time of this show was at the height of Chriselle's husband's fame and success on This Is Us. By the way, I'm only bringing him up, bringing up her now ex-husband because their breakup was featured so heavily in the show. So I have to talk about it to give you the full history. Warning, I am going to continue to make a lot of assumptions. So typically, when you see a successful actor or a couple of actors, you don't see one go to a non-entertainment type of job, such as real estate or accounting or, you know, working in some type of office. I know real estate is not the same as accounting, but you know what I mean. Now, this is, of course, a TV show. So there's a good possibility that getting back into real estate by being the star of this show was a really good calculated acting career move as well as a real estate career benefit on Chriselle's part. But of course, I do not know. Also, you can make crazy money at this brokerage because they're not selling middle-class family homes. You're selling multi-million dollar homes. However, with all that being said, going from acting on TV shows to working more of a corporate or office or sales job is still a choice that you don't see famous people often publicly making. Either way, it was a stroke of genius on Chriselle's part. To make my long point a little shorter about Chriselle, as I said, she ended up getting divorced from her husband and honestly, her star rose. Now, of course, you do not ever wish divorce on someone, but my point being is that I dare say that she is a bigger personality than he is now. Not that it's a competition, but for people who didn't know her as a soap actor like I did, she would have been seen more as the wife of Justin Hartley prior to Selling Sunset, and now she's the star of one of Netflix's top shows, which... A few days after it premiered was like number one in a ton of countries, including here in Canada and overall like number four worldwide, I believe, on Netflix. Selling Sunset is definitely a smash hit. Justin and Chriselle's breakup, as I said, was major on the show as it happened quite dramatically. And as Chriselle tells the story, it happened via text. So the story goes that he apparently broke up with her uh, via text message after they had 
a big fight to dissolve a two-year marriage, I believe, but an overall six-year relationship. And Chriselle only had 45 minutes after his text was sent before the headline was around the world. That's a pretty brutal way for a marriage to end. So season four just dropped. I love, love Chriselle and I love the message that she's giving in this new season because she is looking to buy her first home and looking forward to her future, whereas a lot of season three, and it was a very interesting season, was just really sad because you're seeing, you know, the what she went through, which was, you know, obviously very, very sad. But yeah, this season she is looking to buy her first home and she makes it a point, as she has from the beginning of the series, to talk openly about the fact that she grew up really poor, like living in a car, CPS being called to your house multiple times, kind of poor. Then she worked really hard, became an actor, became successful, and married an even more successful actor. And they had a beautiful life together, including a luxury home, like the type of homes that she sells. And she was truly the epitome of the American dream, coming from nothing and ascending to the top while remaining so humble. But she points out that her marital home wasn't actually her asset. So it seems as if it was in his name. I don't know what the arrangement was, of course, but that's what I gather so far. Um, and when they got divorced, of course, she doesn't get to keep that home because it wasn't technically hers. Now, due to her recent years of success on the show selling uh, selling homes, I'm sure in conjunction also with all of her sponsorships and brand deals, she is now for the first time in the position that she can buy a home all on her own. She was literally homeless more than once growing up then getting divorced as an adult and basically meant being evicted from your home that you don't own. But now as a gorgeous single 40-year-old woman, she was able to buy her first home outright without the help of anyone else, meaning that no one could take it from her. I know so many women can relate to being in that type of scenario. When you've had someone give you things, important things in life, you sometimes don't realize what a vulnerable position that you may be in if they're able to just take that away from you at a moment's notice. Of course, Chriselle's version of finding your freedom and independence is very glamorous compared to our lives, but it's still very cool to see and I totally root for her in everything that she does. Literally parts of Chriselle's life is what I wanted when I was younger, like that was the dream. I can't believe that I am five years away from being 40 as per this podcast's t podcast title, I totally thought I would be an actor or working in show business or working on an entertainment show already, living in a mansion. So it is extra fun to watch her kind of living that dream. However, the envy is very real on my part, but it's all in good fun. Chriselle, she is so down to earth that you really want her to have it all. And it's so sweet because you can really see how proud she is of herself and how proud the Oppenheim crew is of her because most of them really love her. Most of them. Now let's get fully into season four. As you can tell, I'm a hardcore Chriselle fan, but I love watching the entire cast and we'll get into this more at the end. 
But I did finish watching the season a little disappointed because I was really hoping to see more about what's going on in Chriselle's life and career and the rest of the other agents, specifically Mary, Heather, and Amanza. Heather recently got married to mega reality star Tarek El Moussa from the massive hit show Flipper Flop on HGTV. HGTV is my mom's sanctuary, so I was actually able to get her to watch some of Selling Sunset last season because she really knew who she or she actually knew who Heather was due to her relationship with Tarek. So that was wild to me that I could actually get my mom interested in a more risque, shall we say, reality show. Or I can say realty reality show. Get it? I know. That was so clever. In season four, Though Heather is engaged to Tarek, so I assume season five is really going to highlight her wedding planning and the wedding itself because she just got married, I think, a couple months ago. I've seen people tease her and get annoyed of how much she was sharing about her wedding prior to the wedding date, but who cares? Unfollow her if you don't like her. That's a really exciting time for couples, especially for women, and if she's excited, good for her. The world's a mess. Let a bride be happy and over the top. And Heather has always said that she's a romantic. She loves love. Let the lovers be happy. Mary is one of the Oppenheim Group's top agents and is a close friend, almost like family with Brett and Jason Oppenheim, who are the owners of the business. Mary actually used to date Jason Oppenheim, but their romantic relationship has been over for many years and they are just very good friends. They continue to share custody of two adorable dogs who are always in the office. Also, Mary is now married to a man named Romaine, who the audience wasn't sure of at first, but he's now loved online by many fans. Mary, Romaine, and Jason all seem to get along and hang out together outside of the show. Sorry, Gwyneth and Chris, but Mary and Jason, I think, are kind of the best consciously uncoupled decouplers. I accidentally originally wrote unconsciously coupled, and I made myself laugh out loud alone in my house. I just need you guys to know that. Speaking of Gwyneth, Maya Vander is a real estate agent on the show, originally from Israel, and is a mom of two who commutes back and forth from LA to Miami. I love Maya. I love her accent. Anyways, watching the first two seasons, I was like, who does this woman look like? Then it hit me. She's the Israeli Gwyneth Paltrow. If you don't watch the show, search her online. They look so much alike. So unfortunately, there is a horribly sad update to Maya's life. In this past season, Maya was pregnant with her third child, which she and her family were so excited for. On December 10th, Maya posted on Instagram that she had had a stillbirth at 38 weeks. So to put it into perspective, pregnancy is usually between 37 to 40 weeks. So this was a full-term baby. Her baby son's name is Mason. She gave an interview to E! News that she was in the hospital room by herself because her whole family had COVID at the time, including her husband. Although Maya didn't have it herself, but her husband could not be there with her as she gave birth to their son. So it's just all around a really, really sad update um, for Maya and her family. In Selling Sunset, Maya just comes across as, you know, a very cool, very chic, very chill and normal person. She's very direct with what she says. 
Some fans online call her the potster because she'll say something that gets someone else more worked up and then she kind of steps back and watches other people fight it out. Maya is beautiful and I'm sure her wardrobe is beyond anything that I could ever own. However, she dresses relatively normal compared to most of the other women. You have to see what they wear at the office. They look really good, but some outfits are just insane, you know, for work at an office. I did see Chriselle post on Instagram recently that they get way more dressed up for days that they're filming than, you know, days that cameras are not around. So that makes sense. In season four of Selling Sunset, we're introduced to two new realtors, Vanessa Viela from Mexico. I know I messed up her last name and I tried to listen to her pronounce it over and over again so I could say it. Vanessa Viela. I think that's the best I can do. She's another realtor with a beautiful accent. And I mean, looks are not everything, of course, but this woman is objectively beautiful. I don't know if that's anti-feminist to focus on, but she is. It's no surprise that she worked as an actress originally and starred in Mexican soap operas. Vanessa opens up to her new co-workers about the tragic loss of her sister, who is a realtor herself, and she used to encourage Vanessa to get into the industry prior to her death. So now uh, Vanessa is doing really well um, with her realtor career and she feels that her sister has guided her and continues to be somewhat of a guardian angel for her. Emma Hernan is the other new agent. She apparently has worked for the Oppenheim Group, I guess, on and off over the years. She has her own food business, which includes frozen empanadas, such as hamburger empanadas. Vanessa, as I said, who's the other new realtor, she is originally from Mexico. She didn't seem to love the idea of Emma's burger empanada rep, uh, recipe, but apparently Emma's doing quite well with that business, so good for her, I guess. Jason Oppenheim wanted Emma to come back full-time to the Oppenheim group now that Christine Quinn is on maternity leave at this time in the show, and they wanted her desk filled in the meantime. If you don't know Christine, she is like Barbie, but Barbie gone bad. She's a gorgeous blonde and wears extensions that are touching her shins. Her legs probably end where my neck begins. She's like seven feet tall, wears stilettos everywhere even when she was nine months pregnant. She has the most over-the-top style and causes drama everywhere she goes. She was made for reality TV. Cue the drums. Emma, who is about to take over Christine's desk, has a history with Christine, which is basically the foundation of the entire season's messiness. Christine says that she was dating a dude for two and a half years and then rolled up, saw him walking hand in hand with Emma and confronted them. Emma, on the other hand, says that Christine jumped out of the car with her friend after boxing Emma's car in and was screaming at her through the car window. Two months later, Emma and this dude were engaged and Christine was heartbroken. Also, Christine now says that the same guy had proposed to her three months prior to his cheating revelation and alluded to the fact that Emma's engagement ring could have been Christine's first. By the way, I can't say for sure, but I do not think Emma and this guy are still together. Also, this happened five years ago. This supposed engagement revelation on Christine's part 
is on very shaky ground. Mary, who I said is very good friends with the Oppenheim brothers, and she has been on Selling Sunset from the beginning and has been with the Oppenheim group for many years. She was good friends with Christine at this time five years ago when this drama happened and was also her roommate. She says that Christine never mentioned her supposed engagement and does not believe it happened. Emma, who also says that her former fiancé, Christine's ex-boyfriend, never mentioned this. Davina Potretz, another realtor in the office and one of Christine's only remaining work friends left at the Oppenheim Group, denies that she was ever told about this engagement. Christine had told the other women at the office that Davina could vouch for the engagement, although they didn't even, like her and Davina didn't even know each other back then. This led to a very revealing conversation between Christine and Davina, where Christine basically tells her that if you don't lie to back me up, essentially, you don't have my back, you're not being a good friend. Despite how many of us have felt about Christine as the bad girl of the show over the years, she is really entertaining and fun to watch and was kind of cool sometimes. The final episode of this season, which was basically a showdown, did not look good for her to say the least. I think it may have painted a darker portrait of Christine than expected. Essentially, most of the women in the office have had issues, seemingly serious issues with Christine, including allegations of her talking badly about her co-workers and their partners in the press, and even DMing people from private accounts trying to spread rumors. Again, those are allegations. Chriselle and Christine have been on the outs for a long time, stemming back from issues starting in season one, so it's no surprise there that Chriselle made it apparent she does not want to be friends with Christine and is not looking to make amends. Christine and Emma don't seem like they'll be friends anytime soon since they share an ex and it was messy. But the two relationships that were most consequential that were burned were with Heather and Mary. So Christine's relationships with both Heather and Mary. As I said, Mary and Christine were so close once upon a time that they lived together. That is a real friendship and not two people put together for a TV show. So it is actually very sad to see their friendship break up. In the final episode, they're at a black tie event. The women are told that Christine is coming back to the office soon and they basically want to confront her in the hopes that this is a come to Jesus moment for the office bad girl. They feel like they have a really good vibe at the office with the group of women that are there and they don't want Christine to basically set it all on fire when she comes back from her maternity leave. It doesn't work out. Christine deflects. She refuses to leave her husband's side. She accuses the other women of being monsters. She only wants to speak with each of them one-on-one -on -one and does not want to have all four or five women speak to her together. The other women strategically planned to all speak with her together so that Christine could not change around her story later on since there would be witnesses. But thinking about it for a while, I do understand no matter what, even if she's completely in the wrong, like that is a very intimidating situation to be in. Like you're one person and you're surrounded by four or five other people kind of attacking you, even if it is justified, that is still very uncomfortable. And I can understand not wanting to be in that position from Christine's point of view. 
in the end, Mary agrees to speak with Christine alone. And I think just she does that out of respect for their former friendship. And I truly think that Mary was hopeful that Christine would take responsibility for certain things that she had done. Christine's husband was there for the entire conversation, as it seemed as if Christine did not want to leave his side. So it came across quite strange and awkward that she wouldn't speak to Mary on her own. Mary was basically unleashing some harsh truths and all Christine could say was, you know, things like, I love you, Mary. I miss you. Of course, this could be due to selective editing and the producers trying to portray their own narrative, but it was, it just came across as a very weird reaction. And I, of course, don't know these people in real life, so I feel icky speaking about their character, um, because you know how would I feel if someone did that to me but obviously they're allowing this all to be shown on a reality show but my god did it come across as extremely manipulative on Christine's part that whole like last scene of the season if a friend is pouring their heart out to you even if you're pissed off or you disagree what's the point of conversing if you're not going to acknowledge anything they're saying She's not even fighting back. She just says things like, I don't want to be judged for the past. It's a very bizarre moment and it's very uncomfortable. And I understand from Mary's point of view why she feels done with the friendship. That's pretty much how the season ends. There is no resolution and it seems like the office dynamic is going to be very strange when they come back. I didn't even get into how the new agent Vanessa, who does seem like a sweet person, kept inserting herself into the drama between Christine and Mary and the others. She basically kept asking them, give Christine another chance, you know, like trying to bring everyone, you know, together to create peace, which is nice thought. Um, but I will say she did end up giving Christine some solid advice about encouraging her to move forward and speak with her friends to make amends. But after a while, I think the audience was just like, give it up, Vanessa. <laughs> Maybe they just don't get along. The whole season four storyline, the cheating and engagement story is definitely juicy and is exactly what the producers of the show wanted. I will say that this storyline could have lasted two to three episodes, maybe. Instead, this was dragged out for an entire season and it honestly got old really quick. I get it. It's a reality show. They need to pump it up and sometimes manufacture a storyline. But just based on some comments on different forums, a lot of viewers feel the same way I do. Let's do what they did in season one and two. There was office interpersonal drama, but it was more focused on the real estate agents trying to sell their listings focusing on the drama around trying to get their clients what they want, staging a multi-million dollar mansion for an open house, working hard to get clients, uh, get listings um, and get clients, negotiating pricing. All of that was really interesting and fun to watch. Some seasons will be juicier than others because real life happens. I hate speaking about someone's personal life in this way because I always want to be respectful. But of course, as I said, it did all happen in front of the world and was consensually filmed. But Chriselle's marriage imploded in the middle of season three. 
I and the rest of the audience were waiting for season three to watch what happened because we were so invested in her and in her story and knew before, you know, of course, about her divorce before the show came out that they had broken up. So we knew it would obviously be covered. The ratings must have been insane for that season. But that was something so unexpected and random. You can't manufacture something like that all the time. That is a person's real life. And instead of accepting that, instead of the producers, you know, accepting that some seasons will be bigger than others, they were literally pushing the Christine Emma narrative on the audience and trying to up the ante to get us to really care and be invested in it. This is a reality show. We know what it is. I love watching the luxury lifestyles and I'm not ashamed of it, but it was almost insulting to women what they did with it. You don't think women can just enjoy a really good show about women who are working at the top of their field and be entertained by that? There are so many of us women and men who just like shows with interesting people who have money to burn and we like to fantasize how it would be to be them. Yes, throw in a few little arguments here and there and some gratuitous shots of sexy people parting on a boat, which they did this season, and call it a day. As I said, life happens unexpectedly. That's why season five is going to be hot as hell. Did you see the little teaser for season five at the end of season four? If you've been living under a rock, Chriselle and Jason Oppenheim, one of the owners of the Oppenheim group, are now a couple. That exploded on social media earlier this summer when they became Instagram official. I was in shock. Well, guess what? That's what will be a big topic of conversation next season, and it will be so fun to watch. Like Dr. Ian Malcolm said in Jurassic Park, life finds a way. Focus on the women and their work, and they will deliver in spades. No need for BS five-year-old drama. I mean, most of us started watching this show to watch like the beautiful homes and, you know, the beautiful people buying their crazy million dollar homes like that is really entertaining. And most of the women open up about some aspects of their personal life to the audience on their own. I want to be very gentle speaking about Amanda because what she is going through and what her family is going through is extremely hard and, and very serious. Amanda is one of the real estate agents and is also a tw- ha- like has a 20-year friendship with Mary. This season, she talked about her situation with her ex who gave up custody of their children and it was very heartbreaking. She should never be pressured to talk about it on camera, but as long as she feels comfortable and she has opened up on camera, you see fans invested in hearing about her story. Amanda was not in the show heavily this season, understandably, because of what she's been dealing with, but a lot of fans are happy to watch more about her life when she's ready, and not just the sad stuff, she's a really fun person to watch. I want to watch Mary and Romaine decide if they're going to buy a house to flip like they've been talking about. I want to know more about Emma's backstory since she said she started investing in the stock market at 14 years old. I want to hear Chriselle talk about what it was like selling homes and being an actor and how she and Jason first started dating. I want to see these ridiculous rich people buying outrageous homes and their demands, but most of all, I just want to see them dress up and go to restaurants. 
That's literally be my favorite part of all reality shows since Laguna Beach in the Hills. I don't know why. I just love it. Regardless of me not loving the season, it is still so worth the watch. I had a lot of fun watching this season and all seasons of Selling Sunset and screaming at everyone I know to also watch it. So now I'm screaming at you to watch it. I only criticize Sunset because I love it and it is an addictive show. If you've never watched Selling Sunset, it's so worth binging all four seasons, although I just told you a bunch of spoilers. It's truly one of my favorites right now. I'm beyond pumped for season five. This is what I get for recording an episode long before I actually release it. I have another update. Chrishell and Jason just announced that they have split up. Please give me time to process this unfortunate news. I'm so sad. Chrishell was so honest on Instagram with the reason for their split. It seems that her and Jason are still really good friends and they were very happy in their relationship, but their major issue was that Chrishell wants to have kids in the near future and Jason does not. It sucks so much that women have a biological clock ticking and men can still father children until they're like 80. Chrishell is 40 and obviously has less time to wait than Jason, so I'm sure she made the right decision for herself and her future. Too many women stick it out for a man to change his mind on some important issue. Good for her that she's doing what's right for her and for her life, but I'm still so sad. Thank you so much for listening to me talk about Selling Sunset. If you got to the end of this, you're a trooper. Selling Sunset brings me joy. Oh, so much joy. And speaking of joy, joy to the world. I hope that you and your family have a very Merry Christmas and a wonderful holiday season and a Happy New Year wherever you may be. And if you feel like spreading some more joy, please rate and review this podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Thank you so much. And I hope you join me in 2022. Goodbye.